I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I thought this was over at death. I don't know we'd be going to eternity together. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I know not where I speak of. And I, I don't even know my introduction if I was talking about this podcast or politics or the world. Like, you know, we are recording this late Monday night. Uh, this could be our last podcast ever. This could be the world's last podcast ever. This could be now. the last podcast in the history of podcasts. Yeah. Um, you know, this is uh, history in the making. Um, <laughs> the big day is coming. Uh, mm. 24 hours from now, we will uh, we'll know a lot more than we do now. I think we'll have a very good idea by then of what kind of night it's going to be. Yeah, you're referring least. to the uh, NFL trade deadline, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have known, you know, the Jets will have acquired an additional sixth round pick. It's going to be yeah. very exciting. Uh, maybe they could, you know, if they combine all that, those sixth round picks, they could uh, parlay it into an earlier sixth round pick. So, like, that could be really <laughs> exciting in the drafts, you know, move up to, like, the early part of the sixth rounds. Yeah, um, yeah we're uh, we're all here, you know, waiting f- to see what happens tomorrow. It's uh, Election Day 2020 Eve. Mm. And... Uh, Let's just say I think we're a little stressed on this this uh, podcast. <laughs> Would that be fair to say? Yeah, uh, on this earth, really. Uh, we're here today uh, to discuss season four, episode nine, "The Survivor," which mm-hmm. originally aired on February 29th, two thousand four, Leap Day. Uh, this is a this is a very exciting episode. I'm very excited for this episode. Um, at one point, actually, we were going to have a couple of guests on this episode. Um, now, one of those guests is no longer with us, unfortunately. Well, actually, neither one is with us. <laughs> oh, neither uh, one of us is on. Um, yeah. yeah, no, this was a this was never really in the cards to happen for many yeah. reasons. Well, but we did. We well, we asked our guests, and one of our guests considered it until they asked another uh, podcast co-host of ours who uh, put the kibosh on it. So, unfortunately, we have no guests today. We have but no guests. So, anyway, yeah, we just had the regular hosts. Um, there are no guests, mm. uh, but you know that's usually the case, and whoever listens seems to listen. So, yeah. I think that we'll just you know hope that. People are fine with that because we didn't. It's not like we advertise guests. So yes, we did not advertise. Should be guests. Completely All right, so let's fine jump into the no survivor. Uh, yeah, it's the survivor. So we uh, open up and Larry is at the dry cleaners and we're introduced very quickly to a dry cleaner named Anna. Uh, Hannah, by... I Sorry, what? I thought it was Hannah as in Hannah. Oh, was it Hannah? I thought it was Anna. Hmm. Well, we should look this up right away because, you know, we don't want to call her the wrong name for the entire yeah. episode. Yeah. Now you have an affinity for the name Annie. Uh, Annie is my daughter's name. I yes. mean, actually, her legal name is Anna. So, uh, okay, right on yes. point. But, we but I, I feel like an ultra orthodox woman would be more likely to be named Hannah or Hannah. Yeah, her name is, is Anna. Name, actually, yeah, her name is Anna. Oh, it is a. According to IMDb. Oh, okay. My notes say Hannah, so I will have to uh, amend my notes. But I have a question. So we meet her right away. She's Junior Gershon. She's very beautiful, obviously. Very beautiful. Um, Av, have you ever been to? Have you ever seen an orthodox-run laundromat anywhere in America, even in like ultra orthodox neighborhoods? Um, no, I have no, no, I have not. There no, are stereotypical not. ethnicities that tend to run these businesses. The Hasidim are not one of those uh, stereotypical ethnicities. Yeah, well, let's just say there's a lot about this uh, Hasidic woman in particular <laughs> that is not stereotypical. 
Uh, yes, so, that's true. Yes. So why, you know. Don't go start uh, soliciting uh, every uh, ultra-Orthodox Hasidic woman you see on the street, uh, especially yeah. the attractive ones. I'll also point out that although they try and get the, the sort of the relatively conservative, modest uniform down, uh, Hannah has qu- quite a couple of buttons on button, I'd say. Uh, she's giving a little bit of a plunging neckline for an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic woman. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, we kind of were just like uh, drop in the middle of her trying to help a customer as she's uh, yelling at her husband, as any good Jewish wife would be doing. Uh, <laughs> she calls him a schmuck. She calls him a putz, uh, which for those of our uh, non-Yiddish speaking uh, listeners out there, th- both of those are different words for penis. <laughs> yes. The Yiddish um, has many, many words for penis. Yes. Yeah. All they're all penis. Penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then you know, Larry's just waiting for his turn. Eventually, he, he moves up and uh, he has a suit, um, a tan suit, I believe, right? Would yes. you say that was a tan suit? Yes. Um, yeah, uh, very, very scandalous episode of Curb. Yeah, the previous president wore one and it was so disgraceful that we had to replace him with the man of honor that we have now in the White House. Yeah, Larry is very unpresidential in this episode. Yes. Mm. Well, um, I don't know. I think uh, having sex with people who aren't your wife is actually pretty presidential for most of them. Yeah, that's true. Including that's true. the president. Yeah, well, who knows? I, you know what? I feel like he's being uh, monogamous now. Who, Trump? Yeah. In, yeah. Like since he got to the White House? Yeah. I mean, uh, I have I no know. way of knowing this. This is just my yeah. own intuition. Yeah, we don't know. We have no evidence of, impro- of improprieties pre uh, post-2016. So, Right, yeah. So like, yeah. The, we, we know that like right before 2016, he paid off the porn star. Yeah. He's also he was... like a very sick old man. So, Yeah, I mean, who do I want to have sex with Donald Trump is the good question. Well, always, but usually there's a pecuniary, pecuniary interest. Right. But I don't know yeah. if, right, you know, anyways, we, we yeah. were, we're not supposed to be talking about this. We're not? Oh, okay. We'll try not to. I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on here. We're very on edge. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so Larry mentions, you know, I need this for my uh, vow renewal ceremony. Um, uh, can you explain to me what is a vow renewal ceremony? Well, I think we'll see at the end of the, at the end, that it's kind of just like a Jewish wedding. It's just a second wedding. I, I, yeah. I don't understand how this works. I don't understand what the point would be. Let's say hypothetically that you got married during like a global pandemic, for example. Right. You didn't get to have the ceremony. And, right. With a, you didn't get to have the party. Yeah. And you didn't get to do everything the way that you would have in another circumstance. So then I understand, all right, on our 10th anniversary, we're going to go all out and have another wedding. But like assuming that Larry and Cheryl already had a big fancy Hollywood wedding, they already gave each other vows. They already broke the glass. They already danced the horror. Like, why are they doing this again? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Thomas Jefferson thought that we should uh, have a constitutional convention to re-ratify the Constitution every 20 years mm. um, to kind of like reaffirm our those values. And see I'm if, sure we see could it. find compromise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, we should totally have a constitutional <laughs> convention now. We'd make a lot of progress. <laughs> we the, no, the we consequence can't, we, is what? If it doesn't work, the country just breaks up? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know how it works. Honestly, that might be a, a better Yeah, it's, a way, it's, a, it's one way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's like just like a similar concept, like, you know, let's uh, reaffirm our commitment to each other. I don't know what that means if, you know, then one person is not willing to. I guess that's a good way to test whether you should keep going. Yeah, but, have you ever been experienced this in, in your personal life? You know, anyone who did this? A vow renewal? No. Yeah. I, mean, I knew it from The Simpsons as a kid when when Homer and Marge did it. And yeah, I mean, this I, is I know just like, this episode. And that's really this is, Yeah, this is not something that would ever go on like an Orthodox neighborhood. But I, like, forget about Orthodox Jews. I'm just I'm, yeah. and I, maybe I'll ask my wife who's sitting next to me, Jen. Have you ever known anybody who renewed their vows? No, she says no also. Yeah, it's probably not a real thing. Yeah, maybe it's only pop culture. Listeners, if you know someone who renewed their vows, parents, friends, cousins, yourself, let us know. Yeah, this is like my theory with uh, like those key parties. Mm-hmm. Is like everyone's like, oh, yeah, key parties. Those go on. But like no one could like say 
this person and this person and this person were at a key party or on such night. It's just like everyone's like, yeah, no, I know it goes on in that neighborhood, but like no yeah, one ever but, like but put someone in the spot. There's a little difference because there people are incentivized to not talk about it. Yeah, no but it's like judge you. No one's gonna be like, oh my god, did you hear they renew their vows? <gasps> Those are vow renewers down the street, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that actually would be appropriate because it's a really fucking weird thing to do. <laughs> I would be embarrassed if I if I redo my vows, I would not tell a single person. I would okay. just say, if, you know, I would keep it, you know. So if any we, of your friends do it, are going like, to renew their vows, don't invite you. Yeah, because it's, yeah, I think it's embarrassing. I don't think you should. You know be the worst? You, if be you had to, like, connect to a Zoom vow renewal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if I got an invitation the mail, someone was like, oh, I'm having a vow renewal. Do you want to come? Like, I would, never, I would just cut off ties with that person immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just throw it out, delete, you know, unfriend them on Facebook, yeah. done. Yeah. I agree. Um, anyway, yeah. So Anna says, you know, she's kind of given Larry this like coy look. Uh, she's a little bit into him. And she says, I bet you make your wife very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry says, no, actually, she's the most miserable woman in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. She seems to have a little thing for Larry. It's uh, Larry's really getting uh, getting the eye of the younger women in this season. Yeah. I guess when women know that you're available. But I thought it's when women knew that you were not available. that They were interested. Yeah. Well, she doesn't know he's available yet. Um yeah, like I've been unavailable for, you know, 10 years now or so. I'm not getting looks like this from strange women in stores. To be fair, and you haven't had a laundromat who looks like Jenna Gershon. So even more so. And, I, you know, I like to think that I like I look at least as good as Larry David. But maybe not. Um, anyway, she uh, she compliments him on his fitness um, and she tells him, you know, you know, he says, oh, can I have a ticket? She says, you don't need a ticket because I know you. Uh, she's really like laying it on thick here. Yes. Very aggressive for a Hasidic. Uh, but everyone has been. Look, room. I mean, look what happened at the dental hygienist. Same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's uh, he has good track record this year. Um, okay, so Larry heads over to uh, his shul to go see his rabbi. He walks in. He's belting out Ain Kelokenu, the uh, Saturday morning services song at the end of services. Um, Larry offers to beat a new cantor, and they're both very excited for the big vow renewal event this Saturday. Um, Larry notices a picture on the desk and he asks the rabbi, oh, who is that? And the rabbi tells him, uh, that's my brother-in-law, Eddie Silverman, who died on 9-11. And Larry's, you know, he's very moved and touched. You know, he's very sad, you know, horrible tragedy. Uh, He asks, oh, was he in one of the buildings? And the rabbi says, no, actually, he was uptown on 57th Street where he got hit by a bike messenger. Yeah. Uh, Larry's like clearly very thrown off by this. It's just like doesn't know what to think you could see him like he's about to say something a couple times but then he says all he can muster to say in the end is what a shame um well he's learned a little bit this season that you don't always have to say everything but he will yeah oh he will eventually yeah um, um let me ask you a question even if yeah. you're really really close with your brother-in-law okay <laughs> right and he passes away tragically would you have a photo of him and by the way just him not you with him not the whole family at a, at a function just him alone would you ever have that on your desk no, I was actually thinking this is probably. And if the like, dance guy saw it, he'd assume the rabbi's gay. By the right, way, right, right. That's what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just the the person from the uh, the stock photo is is Eddie Silverman. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't have a picture of your brother in law on your desk. I mean, maybe if he if he literally had died in nine eleven, maybe that makes it more. Yeah, I, I think this rabbi likes people asking who it is so that he can say that he died on nine eleven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. But like you shouldn't really be. Yeah, it's this, this rabbi is very weird. <laughs> Rabbis are not usually like this. Yes. Although I would say he's less weird than the rabbi from Seinfeld. I mean, I guess, but that's, you know, that's a very low bar. 
Yes, true. <laughs> um, so uh, Larry wants to get some advice from the rabbi, and he brings up the topic of the anniversary gift that Cheryl has granted to him, which allows him to go have a uh, sexual affair one time with any woman of his choosing. And Larry, in my opinion, very foolishly asks a rabbi his opinion of this. Um, it ends up working out, but, you know, the rabbi is not you know, usually someone who's going to give you the green light on something like this. I- I'm shocked. I mean... When he starts the conversation, the first time you've ever seen this, what is your percentage chance that the rabbi is going to give his blessing to Larry? Yeah, to I mean, no, none of the rabbis that I know. Yeah. Have, uh, okay, this. But, well, you know, hold I, on, hold on. To be fair, you have never asked any rabbi you know this question. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I've asked them much more uh, permissive things or seemingly permissive things. That You're said, the same one no, who said do. that you thought it was a good move by Larry at the Dodgers game to tell the two uh, Republicans from the country club if you ever want a good blowjob at a reasonable rate. Well, once he was busted, like, he, you know, you well, he could have just, you know, yeah. But, you know, in other words, you never know. You never know. You never know. He took a risk. Mm, it worked out in this case. Um, Rabbinical yeah, so he tells him, tells him all about it. You know, I have full permission. My wife Listen, is even uh, like. Let me just say, sometimes rabbis need to read the room and know, like, you know, the, the person's asking the question. They've already made up their mind what they're going to do anyways. Right. So, you know, whose side do you want to be on here? You, you may as well bless it. Yeah. The, um, the rabbi of my synagogue, um, who is quite conservative fellow. Uh, not really quite, uh, you know, loose on the uh, interpretation of the rules, I would say. But he's uh, he's known to be quite permissible when it comes to what kind of uh, alcoholic uh, drinks he considers kosher enough to be uh, permitted into his synagogue. And I think, again, it's a function of uh, not not that he's not saying what he truly believes, but I think it didn't help that he real. I think it helped that he realized that, you know, his congregants were going to do what they were going to do anyways in this regard. And so, you know. Right. Pick your pick your battles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Larry's, so he, Larry's not not having sex with a beautiful woman because a rabbi who yeah, because of this like yeah, shlubiel rabbi is going to tell him not to. Um, yeah, so you know he tells him the whole deal, and the rabbi says this actually reminds him of the story from the Bible of Abraham and Sarah who were unable to get pregnant. So they decided that Abraham should go take uh, his uh, handmaiden Amy Coney. I mean Hagar. <laughs> and well done. The, rab- the rabbi uh, says, you know, I think this is a comparable precedent. You know, you have a situation where your wife is encouraging you for whatever, whether, whether because you can't procreate or just because you want to have an affair. Um, your, your wife is allowing you to go have sex with this woman. So basically go for it. Um, Larry is still unsure. Um, he wonders if it makes him a bad person. Um, he clarifies, you know, he, the TBNFTR here. He's like, well, obviously I'm a bad person either way, but I want to know will this exact incident yeah. make me an extra bad person. The rabbi says, no, no, you're not going to be an extra bad person because of this. Larry says, great. I should come to temple more often. And, you know, they both say, you know, we look forward to seeing each other uh, tomorrow night. I guess they're going to have a rehearsal vow ceremony. Of course. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the rabbi says, oh, while you, as you mentioned, it's, um, I have a friend who's a big fan of yours and he's a survivor. So would it be okay if I brought him? And Larry says, of course, who would not want a survivor at my event? Yeah. Now it's very funny because I think in our world, when you hear the term a survivor, it obviously has one connotation, which is one that Larry's going with. Oh yeah, Um, of course. Now uh, until I would say the last, uh, you know, and and I assume that's probably mostly true in the Jewish community. I think if you say to somebody randomly a survivor, they wouldn't assume you mean a Holocaust survivor necessarily. Yeah. I mean, part of it is that like no one would refer to somebody who was on the show survivor, I think as a survivor, like you would say he was on survivor, but, but, but hold on. Well, okay. So that's, so I was going to say over the last eight months when we've both become ensconced in velvet and also a survivor, (laughs) like, like it's become, it's become a bigger part of our lives 
for the two of us in the last eight months than it is for most people ever, yeah. uh, except for the world of people who are always like this. But like in that world, or maybe even in Hollywood writ large, but I think you're still right. You don't call somebody a survivor. You, don't, you, you, know, you wouldn't refer to Rob Sassoon as a survivor. Yeah, you say he was on Survivor. Yeah, and also, you're not even a survivor unless yeah, you're you a are player. Literally... You're, you're a contestant. Yeah, you are attempting to become the sole survivor. Right. In theory, somebody who won, you could say maybe he yeah. was a and, survivor. And... Except even that, people wouldn't. So say let's it. talk like, about that. He was a, a winner. So Ethan is supposed to be, you know, let well, we're cut to the cut to the survivor chase. Ethan yeah. was supposed to be on this episode, right? That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan's on uh, the winner of Survivor season three, a big Jew. And obviously, not obviously, but someone who is actually literally brother friends with my brother in real life. And so is somebody who could quite reasonably be friends with a rabbi in, in Hollywood, in L.A. Right. Um, yeah. Although, you know, in L.A., I feel like all sorts of people end up in like different like quasi religious circles. Yeah, there's Kabbalah crap. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. But but how would how did Colby? And so apparently Ethan was such a bad actor. Is that what we've heard? Is that what we've read? Yeah, I think that's the rumor. Yeah, I don't know so, if this is verified, but that's what we've heard. So, so they brought in Colby. Um, how did Colby in the world of Curb become friends with the rabbi in the first place? Col- Colby doesn't seem like he has tons of Jewish friends. Not, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything negative about Colby. I'm not implying he chooses to not have Jewish friends. Um, no, yeah, no, I don't think Colby's an anti-Semite. Yeah. <laughs> I've certainly never heard anyone say that Colby's an yes. anti-Semite. I have no but, 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 he, but he doesn't strike you as the kind of guy who's friends with tons of rabbis. No, I wouldn't think he's friends with tons of rabbis. Yes. Uh, probably so, very few rabbis. Yeah, so how do these two become buddies? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a good theory for that. I don't know if it's what you're looking for. Um, yeah. So listeners, if you have any theories, let us know. How did Colby and the rabbi get, to, get together in the first place? Like, you think the, Col- the Colby's like, all right, I need to get in touch with Larry David. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I, you know, I've just been on Survivor. I'm trying to turn convert this into a Hollywood uh, career. Um, the first person to ask is this random rabbi. <laughs> And it works out because he's apparently officiating uh, Larry David's uh, vow renewal this week. Yeah, who knew? Really works out well. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, we head home and Larry's in his room. He's practicing his lines for the show um, coming up in a couple of weeks. And he hears some yelling and screaming come from, from downstairs. And, of course, it's Cheryl's parents and her sister. They're fighting about God knows what. <laughs> Um, Larry complains, you know, Cheryl, this is ruining my concentration. I'm going to be humiliated in the show. Come on. Like we got to get, you know, got this, get this under control. And she, he tells Cheryl, you know, the rabbis, I told the rabbi he could bring this survivor to, uh, the party tonight. And I was thinking maybe it would be a good idea for my dad to bring his friend, Solly, who's also a survivor. Mm. Um, although then he starts to wonder, you know, do survivors like seeing each other and talking about old times? Or is that depressing? Because, you know, then they just end up talking about old times. And who wants to talk about that stuff? Yeah. Um, Cheryl says, you know, it's probably good. Like they probably he probably will relate to him. Um, mm. So, you know, we should let you know, let's let's invite him. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the guest list. In general here. Now, we've already spoken about, you know, how we would react to being invited to a vow renewal. So maybe that's the case with some of Larry's uh, other friends. But we don't see, I mean, we certainly don't see like Schwimmer and the people he's working with now, uh, you know, even though like they're all invited to like the birthday party. But we don't see like any of the Seinfeld crew. We don't see Jason. We don't see Julia. Right. Um, but yeah, we see some random friend of his dad's. Yeah. Um, you know, my uh, my daughter is watching uh, or not is watching. She's watched Fuller House like a bunch of times. She like binged it and then she went back watching Fuller House. She's you know, this is she's she's like her dad. Let's put it like that. Um, <laughs> and she uh, the, the like the finale, the series finale of Fuller House ends with like a triple wedding of like DJ, yes, Stephanie but, yeah, and Kimmy yeah, yeah. all getting married, like the same but wedding. The sister. 
but Michelle doesn't come. <laughs> she doesn't attend the wedding. It's like, fine, you miss one of your sister's wedding. Both of your sisters are getting married at the same wedding and you don't yeah. attend? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. What a horrible sister. Yeah, quite, quite, quite a... Quite yeah, so similarly, Jerry and Elaine and... Uh, yeah, well, Jerry, we've yeah. yet to see in the world of Curb, so... Yeah. Yeah. Right, you, we think, right, yeah. Well, you know, they're not on good terms. Uh, it's also a very small ceremony. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Cheryl asks Larry how the vows are coming along. He's really struggling. He hasn't really started on yet. He's been too distracted. Um, you know, he doesn't really like it, but Cheryl basically plays a trump card of, you know, I'm giving you this amazing gift. Like, <laughs> do what, you know, do what I want. And yeah. he shuts up pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, she, he's letting you, she's letting you uh, go have sex with someone. The least you can do is like say a nice speech at the event. Yeah. Although he's not even interested in having sex with her when given the opportunity. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a weird twist on it but yeah anyway um so cheryl uh she's practicing her vows and she gives a whole spiel which ends off with that they will love each other well, hold on i don't want to start about how he ends up can we tell start about how he she starts her vows the okay, first words it. of cheryl's vows are may i always have the wisdom to look past your shortcomings what a bitch you start <laughs> you start your vows by talking about how your husband has all these shortcomings that's like classic cheryl right there uh yeah that's not yeah you you shouldn't lead with yeah may i be, have the wisdom to look yeah. overlook it's like if the vows were in poor or i guess uh not so poor in, in in sickness like she starts with like the worst possible thing like may i have wisdom to overcome how shitty you are <laughs> not that she's not right but you know not the nicest way to start but yes but then uh how he how she ends it also concerns larry or only concerns larry right um, so yeah, as I was saying, so she ends off with, uh, you know, that we, we promise that we will love each other, not only until death, but throughout all of eternity, uh, which Larry is very taken aback by, uh, he's surprised to learn that their relationship will continue into the afterlife. He thought, you know, we were over at death till death do us part as, uh, you say in the wedding vows. Um, and he kind of had a different plan for eternity. He was thinking he would be single again. Mm. Uh, have you ever had a conversation with your wife about whether or not you guys are going to be together after death? Um, no, mm. no. Um, are you very concerned about this? I'm not. Are um, you surprised that Larry is? Yeah. I mean, this is my main issue with Larry in this episode. Just like, just go along with it because it'll make her happy. Like, who cares? Like, why? He's like, a very religious man all of a sudden. He yeah, wants to go right. to temple it's more like, often. Just, yeah, just say, okay, fine, in an eternity. And then when you're dead, you're just going to be dead. So, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And if you're not like if you literally if you're alive in the afterlife and there's an afterlife where like there's such a thing as like you could be with people like you're just going to be like annoyed that like you're with Cheryl. Like, won't you be happy that there's an afterlife and you're in it? And, and also that you're not in hell, because if there is right, an afterlife exactly. and hell's right, an meaning, right. Larry should be, you know, realistic yeah. where he's headed. Yeah. If right. If the situation is like you, there's an afterlife and in yeah. that you're with your current wife who is very beautiful and things could be worse. like you yeah, yeah things could be worse in the afterlife yeah, yeah I, would, I, I would object to your description of cheryl as liking larry although she does want to have sex with him like, yeah, occasionally but. she likes him enough that she's married to him like he can do a lot worse than cheryl, yeah and you know I'm what saying. he should also be relieved because frankly with a lot of these may december romances right you have like the olding aging unattractive writer and then the young sort of shiksa goddess in hollywood the assumption might be it almost might be like a, a donald devonka situation where she's waiting for him to die so that she can take the money and go find ted danson so the fact that she's willing to be with him even in eternity he should actually be flattered here i think uh yeah but uh, you know i guess you know he had, he had a plan for he eternity. has plans for eternity yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess in his eternity he thinks he's me back to his afro days of like you know 1975 yeah oh yeah i'm curious to know what larry david's uh beliefs on the afterlife are um, yeah i've always had this objection like i think that everybody just sort of like you know 
how like with this, I remember, I remember a few years ago there was talk about holograms with sort of holograms becoming more commonplace, and then they sort of disappeared for a while until well, um, now they're well, now they're back. Yeah, of course, Kanye brought it back. Um, but I remember reading about how people were saying that in the not too distant future, hologram gravestones were going to become like the norm, and you'd go to visit your like loved one in the in the cemetery, and there'd be like a hologram of them. And leaving aside whether that's realistic or whether that's creepy, forget. I don't even, I don't want to discuss all that. The question I always had is. At what age is this hologram going to depict the person? Because if it depicts like my grandparents in their 20s, well, I don't know who the hell those people are, right? Most people who knew them probably didn't know them in their 20s. On the other hand, like if you're going back, you'd want to go back in your 20s. You don't want to go back when you're an old, decrepit old person, right? Um, yeah, you want to be like in your prime. Yeah. And I guess this also applies, frankly, for the afterlife to go back to the Larry Sherrill situation or to heaven or to whatever you believe in or don't believe in. Like, in all the, what stage in life are you in these places? Um, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot I, of thought put into that. Or is there? Uh, yeah, maybe there's a lot of thought, and oh. this is what they came out of. Oh, okay. I don't know the answer, though. Um, all right. So uh, we uh, fast forward to later that night. The dinner party is starting. Uh, Larry goes over to say hi to the rabbi and his survivor friend, who, contrary to what he expected, is not a Holocaust survivor, mm. but rather, as we said before, Colby Donaldson, the uh, runner-up of Survivor the Australian Outback. Mm. And Colby says he's a huge fan of Seinfeld. He wants to know how Jerry's doing. Um, Larry is just like, he doesn't know what's going on. He's very thrown for a loop. Cheryl's sister is completely starstruck by Kobe and comes over to chat with him, whereas Larry kind of drifts away to go talk to his dad and the friend Sally, see how they're doing. Mm. And Sally wants to know who's the other survivor. And Larry points to Kobe and explains. And oh, Sally, by the way, also has a glass eye, which Larry had mentioned to Cheryl earlier. Yes. And the strong um, European accent. Yes, very strong. Um, and he says, oh, he's from the show, Survivor. Uh, <laughs> I so love how Larry plays it off here, by the way. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a thing like, yeah, no, that was obvious. Yeah. Uh, that's what I meant the whole time. Like, why would we think something different? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, you know, move forward to dinner. And Kobe obviously is, you know, dominating conversation at the table. He's regaling everyone with these stories from his time on the show and how horrible everything was. Um, everyone is very impressed and I like, can't believe what he went through, except for Sally, of course, who, you know, explains, well, you know, what, what you went through sounds like nothing compared to what I went through. What I did was real suffering in a concentration camp. Yeah. Uh, fact check. Correct. <laughs> Described much more humorously. Th this is my favorite scene in Curb History. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, now, like, I, this I don't is the part want where... to say any of the lines because I, I couldn't do it justice. Yeah. Just... I mean, like the. The way Kobe acts in this in this scene is obviously like completely ridiculous and like yeah. nobody in the situation was, but it's just like great how he doesn't back down. He's like going, he's yeah. like literally going head to, ho head to head with a Holocaust survivor yeah. trying to claim that yeah. um, his time on the show was worse than being yeah. in a death camp. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, we had to survive 42 days, no rations, no snacks. There wasn't even a gym. I had to wear flip flops. I had to sleep on the ground and endure 118 degree heat. Yeah, uh, Sally. One of the funny things to me about watching this uh, this week for the first time in a long time is many of the lines from the scene I quote all the time, but I've been saying them wrong for years. Oh, really? Yeah. And so as an example, after Colby mentions we didn't even get snacks, I every time I hear the word snack in my house, my wife can attest, I always say snacks. What did we know from snacks? But that's not actually the line. Exactly. It's close enough. But yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Solly's, you know, says, well, we, we didn't eat for weeks sometimes, and you think 118 degrees was bad? We were often had 45 degrees below zero. Um, yeah, 45 degrees below zero is worse than 118. Yeah, I think I would say yeah. but 118 is very bad. Yeah, also very bad. I mean, let's not let's not sleep on how bad, you know, Kobe's situation was like survivors is really rough, um, just not as bad as yeah. being in a concentration camp. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, Especially since you could opt out whenever you yes, want. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. yeah um, Solly should have raised the white flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, when I, I will say this, uh, when I, I did go to the concentration camps on like a tour uh, uh-huh. one, once upon a time, much later than when Solly was there, much less bad time to be there, um, but never a great time to be there. And And we went in like April. And we were warned about the cold. And I'm like, yeah, it's April. It's going to be fine. I'm from Minnesota. But it was incredibly, incredibly cold when we were there, even though it was April. And even though I had, like, you know, sufficient winter clothing. So, yeah, it does get very cold in the uh, Polish uh, wilderness. Yes. Uh, so I've been told hmm. by uh, people I know who were there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's right. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, they yell back and forth to each other. I'm the survivor. Oh, no, sorry. I missed the part. Um, Kobe's Kobe says, have you even seen the show? And Sally counters back. Have you seen our show? It was called the Holocaust. <laughs> and they just go yelling back and forth to each other. Each one saying, I'm the survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm the real survivor. Um, until Sally gets so angry, he knocks over a dish that with gravy in it and gets all over Larry's suit and gets it yeah. stained. Poor Sally, um, he's got some kind of murmur anyways the whole time. Yeah. Cheryl's really mom, all she all she can be bothered to do is <laughs> yell, someone get a sponge. Yeah. And Larry snaps, snaps back at her. Why don't you get a sponge? Yeah. Um, which She's really makes the door. Yeah. Makes Cheryl upset. Yeah. So it's the next morning and Larry and Cheryl are getting ready for the big day. But Larry can't find his suit in the dry cleaning. So I guess a few days must have passed because there's no way that the dry cleaning would have have it that fast if it was the next morning it doesn't really make any sense yeah but it, the implication is that it's shabbos dinner friday night dinner and then they're doing the ceremony on on saturday so yeah none of it makes any sense uh yeah anyway um so um what they realize what larry realizes is that um cheryl got the dry cleaning from the husband um and since Gina Gershon, Anna didn't take, uh, didn't give Larry a ticket. It was, you know, it wasn't put together with their, uh, yeah. with their order. Um, so Cheryl's like, what do you mean she didn't give you a ticket? And Larry explains, well, you know, she knows me. <laughs> Cheryl's like, well, she knows me too. She always gives me a ticket. So she's already like, what's going on here? Um, and what Larry realizes is he always sees the van that's in front of the store on some street near them. And he re- figures that must be where they live. Maybe if I go over there and knock on their door, they'll help me out. You know, they'll go open the store and I can get my suit. So Larry heads on over and fills her in on the whole situation. And she said, you know, she's still being very flirty with him. Um, she uh, she says she can't go to the store now because it's the Sabbath, um, which doesn't seem to stop her from smoking a cigarette on her front porch. But, yes. you know, you know you we don't judge. Do. It's just this yeah. this uh, this Hasidic woman is very inconsistent. Yes. And again, I'm not saying that there's not women like her who, you know, maybe smoke on Shabbat when, you know, when when the husband's away at shul. But she wouldn't do it in the house where he'd find out when she came home and she wouldn't right. do it in the front stoop where all the neighbors would walk by and see. <laughs> right. Um so she tells Larry, you know, my husband's at shul now and invites him in for a drink. You know, he understands exactly what's going on here, but says, you know, I'm in I'm in a rush because I have my vow renewal. And she, you know, she says, I, too, have been married for 10 years, 10 long years. Uh, and finally, she agrees to just take him over to the store. And we assume that he got a suit. Yeah, I feel bad for her because in, in that community, if you don't have uh, children after 10 years of marriage, there's a lot of uh, stigma against you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can think of other some other reasons that this woman should have stigma in the <laughs> community. But yeah, I guess that would be one of them. 
Um, so yeah, so Larry's driving home from the dry cleaner, passes by Jeff's house and stops and, you know, do a quick chat with him, tells him that he made plans with Anna, the dry cleaner for his 10th anniversary gift. And he even got the rabbi's blessing. So it's all, it's all set. Um, Jeff tells Larry, you know, you have to get a sheet because that's how the Hussins have sex. They, they make a hole in the sheet because they can't touch each other and that's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, Larry thinks that's ridiculous. That's a myth. But Jeff says, no, look, I'll ask Susie. And Susie agrees. Hussins have sex through a hole in a sheet. Yeah. Now, can we talk about this for a second? Uh, we sure can. Yeah. So this this hole in the sheet, obviously. Let's say for argument's sake that you believe that sex through a hole in the sheet is a thing to be true. That is how Hasidim have sex. But you also uh, know that Hasidim don't generally approve of married couples fucking other people behind their spouse's back. Right? That's probably not. also against the rules. Yeah. So this woman is probably not like totally traditional. Yeah. This is a woman who isn't interested in like following all of the strictures. So why does Larry have to bring the sheet? Uh, yeah, he probably doesn't. Yeah. And worst case scenario, but like she also knows. Let, let's go further. Let's assume the whole in the sheet thing is real. Let's assume that Gina Gershon, Anna, Hannah intends to use that method. She knows that Larry doesn't know all these rules. She's not chasing Larry because of his religious convictions. So she would either bring the sheet herself or she'd cut a hole in the sheet at the hotel, right? Like there's no reason for Larry to be bringing a sheet here. It's, it's complete insanity. Yeah, well, you know, you, you got to bring the sheet beforehand. Um, Larry thinks maybe it'll be fun to do it together. Yeah, like a project. Like, yeah, it's like an activity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to get turned on. Let's do yes. an art project where we cut a hole. In a... Well, he, he has difficulty putting condoms on, so maybe instead you just, uh, you know, have fun uh, cutting holes in sheets. Yeah, I mean, cut, using a sheet is not safe sex. It's mm. not going to do anything. Just, you know, for the, for you kids out there. Oh, I see, I see. Don't, don't rely on the sheet method. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Larry is uh, back home. They're getting dressed again. It's the day of, um, except the problem is uh, Cheryl's mom doesn't even want to go anymore because she's so upset about the sponge comment from the other night. So Larry goes to apologize to her. You know, he says, listen, you know, the whole Holocausts and survivor thing just got me very flummoxed. People were throwing out words that I'm not used to hearing. And just like, you know, I was just very rattled and I'm yeah. sorry. You know, things were said. I love how he plays the juke card on her. You yeah. wouldn't understand, but someone from my background. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, she forgives him, but she's still upset. Um, so Larry, like, just like he gets like very silly and like just like trying to like rev her up and says, come on, come on, you know, let's go, you know, come on. So you should have gotten the sponge. Next time you get the sponge. And, you know, she gets, you know, OK, this is silly. You know, let's we everyone agrees. This is a, a silly fight over nonsense. And let's uh, let's just make it a good day. So they come out, they get in the limo, they're on their way. Um, for some reason, Solly has now not only scored an invite to the rehearsal dinner, he somehow parlayed that into a, a trip, you know, an invite to the wedding at the yeah. bow renewal itself. But as so you I, said, nobody wants to go to this, so they yeah, have to find so somebody. I didn't realize that was in the cards for Solly, but you know, yeah. somehow he made it work despite ruining the uh, the dinner the other night. But sure, we'll bring him along. Uh, while they're on the way, uh, Solly's glass eye is like catching a reflection from the mm. sun and it's uh, bothering Larry. So it causes Larry to start gesticulating his hands in much the way that Solly has been doing for a lot of the episode. And Solly believes that Larry is making fun of him or making fun from him. him, Uh, Yeah. Which is spot on. That's like a perfect line read. Yes. Exactly what my grandmother would say. Yes. Um, uh, so is it, why is Cheryl City drinking a glass of wine in a moving vehicle while wearing yeah. these outfits? That's yeah, like, smart. Com- that's almost as bad as like when Elaine throws the glass bottle of grape juice at someone who's like not <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. Complete um, insanity. Yeah, this is very much like the uh, Leap and Larry plot 
where yeah, um, yes true yes making fun from uh leap and larry yes making fun from him yeah. um leo you know, leaping we're gonna have leap and larry here mm. um really more leap and solly he's gonna leap out of the car yeah. um so you know he gets very angry and he knocks again knocks the wine all over larry's suit now the you know the suit is stained again and he demands to get out of the car so you know everyone else uh sans solly uh continues on over to this to the synagogue and the rabbi is giving everyone kind of a sneak preview of how everything is going to go down you know there's gonna be blessings we're gonna step on the glass yada yada cheryl's dad wants to know is that when we yell matzatov um they say no it's mazel tov it means good luck and they say well can we just say yippee or hallelujah or or just say good luck but cheryl's like why don't you just say mazel tov um, which uh, I was actually was meant to bring this up earlier, but you would think, given their respective religious backgrounds, that has been made very clear until now, that this you would said be before, yeah, yeah. Like if there's, if there's going to be a religious ceremony at all, you would think it would be a Christian ceremony, not a Jewish one. At the renewal, yeah. Like Cheryl's family is much more into Christianity than Larry's family is into Judaism. Like they're yeah, but we don't go religious. to your side. You guys come to our side. We don't go to your side. Yeah, I guess. But like no, like Larry's like Cheryl's family is religious. Larry's family is secular. Yeah. Well, my my issue is I didn't know that. And again, I know nothing about vow renewals outside of what happened on The Simpsons when it happened in their house and was not a religious ceremony, and when it happens here. But I didn't know that the vow renewal was a religious ceremony. I thought it was just sort of like a a relationshipy thing. I didn't know that like there was men of the cloth involved at all. Right. You know, we we really need a reform rabbi and some uh, other clergy of various denominations to to give us some advice here on what actually is done in this circumstance yeah. hopefully they're all listening yeah um, I mean, it's really like a, a jewish marriage in all respects all over again yeah well uh, one respect breaking the glass that's really the only way actually and that yeah. it's with the rabbi yeah so cheryl says well are you gonna like be translating for us as we go and yeah, larry says oh i can translate thank yeah. god we love god god is great god god <laughs> uh which is basically accurate yeah um <laughs> The rabbi wants to know, you know, is there something we could do about this horrifying stain on your suit? Larry agrees. Yeah, it's a go home stain, but I didn't go home. I probably I should like have that gone. line, by the way. Yeah, it's a good line. It's a go yeah. home stain. Um, the rabbi is really obnoxious about it. Yeah. Cheryl's mom wants to know if anyone has a mint. <laughs> Larry says, I have a loose mint in my pocket and you have three choices. I can hand it to you. You can reach into my pocket and take it. Or you can refuse the mint altogether. Uh, she discovers uh, secret option. option number four. Yeah. Uh, and she asks Cheryl to retrieve the pot, the, the mint from Larry's pocket and hand it to her. Very smart. Yeah. Ma, the, Cheryl's mom figures out. A I don't know if it's very smart to be loose mints out of Larry's pocket anyway. But yeah, probably true. Yeah, probably a lot um, of so that. everyone's ready to go. Larry gets up and makes a very highly <laughs> offensive comment in the presence of someone <laughs> whose uh, brother-in-law perished on 9-11. Um, he says, let's roll, which our listeners should know are the very me um before almost every episode saying let's roll let's go record this pod so yeah we're um, so insensitive. yes we're very insensitive yeah um yeah this is also just like kind of a like arcane 9-11 reference to begin with it's what? i mean so yeah so for those who don't know and some of our listeners might not know so basically that's what reportedly was the last thing said on flight 911 or 991 united 91 93 93 yeah. sorry the one yeah. that the one that crashed where they you know, yeah. stormed the cockpit where yeah they said let's roll and they stormed the cockpit but like even even to the extent that that is a 9-11 phrase that's so forget about the fact that it's not associated with getting hit by a bike messenger on 57th it's not associated with like dying in manhattan at the world trade center either 
I don't think that would be offensive to somebody whose family member died literally in the World Trade Center or the Pentagon. Correct. I mean, like if you like literally knew that that person was like one of the people that stormed the cockpit. Yes, then maybe like that would be insensitive. But like yes. barring that, and, and even then, like it's like that. Like in a, in a way, it's like celebrating them because like you know who knows how many lives those people saved with you know by being really courageous and risking their lives. Yeah. So I you know I yeah this rabbi is nuts. But but you're right though because when I hear the words "let's roll," I always think of 9/11 now. Because I always think of this episode. Right. Yeah. If not for this episode, like yeah. let's roll is just like a totally generic phrase that people yeah. probably use all the time yeah. just to mean let's just go. insensitive assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. They're all they're all mocking 9-11 victims. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Larry, you know, this is where like Larry's just had enough. Like he's not letting this 9-11 bullshit go on. <laughs> he bit his tongue long enough. Yeah. Uh, he's like, listen, you know, if your brother-in-law died uptown on this just because it was on the same day, I don't know if that counts as part of the tragedy. Mm. Um, which is just making the rabbi even angrier. Obviously. Um, if you just like randomly died, like in Poland in 1941, like you wouldn't say you, you're, you know, your grandfather died in the Holocaust, right? Well, that's what they're doing with the, with the pandemic now, you know, right? Yes, People exactly, are just dying right. of other things. And, yeah. yeah that's, how do you think they got to 6 million? They just took anyone who yeah, died exactly. during those years and said, oh, yeah. they died because of Hitler. Yeah, Hitler exactly. killed like 40 people, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe even 40. Mm. Probably like six. Yeah. He deserved the Nobel Peace Prize, really. <laughs> you should get another term. Hitler? Well, I was making a reference. A uh, I see. Um, yeah, I'm against another term for Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on the record with that. Yeah. <laughs> Zero more years for Hitler. Um, so everyone's like kind of being very apologetic on Larry's behalf. Larry tries to invoke the Bible. Mm. You know, he knows <laughs> not whereof he speaks. Uh, this just makes the rabbi even more pissed off. Yeah. Like, how dare you try to you know quote the Bible? Um, but like Cheryl basically gets through to the rabbi and, you know, just let's, you know, ignore him basically. And everyone agrees to move forward. Mm. So we're at the, uh, you know, the ceremony itself and Cheryl's reciting her very beautiful vows and she ends off with the same line as earlier, you know, and we'll be together for all of eternity. Um, then it's Larry's turn, but he says, you know, I lost my paper and I'm drawing a black, a blank. And the rabbi says, listen, just speak from the heart. And Larry goes and he says, things have been good. It's a very good relationship. Ten years. It's pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah. Larry gives uh, his yeah. marriage four pretties out of five. <laughs> and I am your devoted servant. Well, I don't know about servants, but okay. I'm not a servant, but I'll certainly help you if you ever need help with anything. You know that. I'm in a house a lot. You want to open a bridge table, whatever you need. <laughs> I'm not a great handyman. Not good at making plans. That I don't do very well. I have to admit, she makes the plans. She makes very good plans. We always have stuff to do. And I will love you for the rest of my life. Until the day I die, I love you until death. That's a pretty good thing. Not that many women have that. Right now, till the day I die, there will never be any other woman till death. And we don't, you know, after death, who knows what happens? Uh, this is a wonder, wonderful monologue. Um, Cheryl says, hey, I promised you through eternity and you give me only until death. So Larry says, all right, fine, eternity. And everyone is excited. The rabbi puts down the glass. But before he can pull his hand away, Larry steps on and we hear screaming as the glass shatters, cutting the rabbi's hand. He runs out and Larry yells, somebody get a sponge. <laughs> he uh, he looks over at his mother-in-law and motions for her to go do it. And uh, or, ordinarily, this would have, I thought would have been a good uh, episode ending. Yeah. Although it's also it's a weird thing to request a sponge when someone's bleeding. But yeah. 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 Well, I think it's more for him for him than for, for the rabbi. Benefit. Yeah. He yeah. For his rabbi. for the suit. Um, so we had the final scene and we're at the St. Regis Hotel 
and Larry comes to the room and Anna is waiting for him. And he brought his suit with him, figuring, you know, I'll kill two birds with one stone. But she's like not having it at all. She's like, you know, what are you doing? You know, this is not appropriate. Bring it to the store yourself. Did you come to fuck or did you come to, you know, bring your suit? Hmm. Um, yeah, he says, are oh, you going to be able to get the wine and blood out? She says, of course. But, you know, he's like, all right, you know what? Fine. You're right. I'm here to fuck. Let's do the fucking. Hmm. So we uh, see her waiting in the bed for him and he emerges wearing the bed sheet with the hole <laughs> as a robe around his body. And she's like, basically, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm doing it for you. I know, you know, you're you're husty dick and you need the sheet. And she's like, what do you believe that stupid shit? You fucking idiot. Um, he's got a little bit of a Susie mouth. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all Jewish women talk. All Jewish women talk. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, the room starts shaking. Uh, we're having an earthquake, and we cut to outside where all the guests of the hotel are standing in the parking lot, basically waiting for things to calm down. Uh, we see Anna and Larry there. Larry still has the sheet around him, when, of course, Kobe's staying at the same hotel and exclaims the words that hopefully we'll be saying this time tomorrow night. Hey, we survived. <laughs> Excellent and that's job, the end of our show. Yep. How would you uh, rate this episode? I would rate this episode pretty, 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 pretty good. I'm going to give it five pretties out of five. This is an amazing episode. I absolutely love it. Yeah, um, it's very Jewish inside baseball. So, mm. you know, for, for the people who are, you know, not of the faith, not part of the tribe. I'm sure there are some stuff that doesn't quite land, but this is just like so revolutionary to see just like Holocaust humor played off this way on a show, especially 15 years ago. Um, I absolutely love this episode. So yeah, five out of five. Yeah. I'll say this. I didn't love the ending mostly probably yeah. because I was super excited for Larry's sake that he was going to get to sleep with Gina Gershon, right. who is very beautiful. But um, yeah, I, I give it also pretty, 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 pretty good. Five pretties. It has certainly, it has more quotable lines than any episode ever. I, I just, as we talked about before, I, ca I cannot hear ever someone say let's roll without thinking about that scene. Um, you know, I can't, I can't, whenever somebody's ever, ever asked me if I've seen a show, I think of that scene. Um, as I said, I've been misquoting the snack line forever. Um, you know, and, and like you said, also, I'm sure I'm slightly biased because I'm Jewish and, you know, it's a very, very Jewy episode, but it's, it's almost certainly my favorite episode of Curb ever. Certainly the best one we've seen so far. So absolutely full five pretties. <laughs> Uh, who's your come with guy? Um, my come with guy is Anna. Uh, Gina Gershon. She's hilarious in this episode. Uh, her character doesn't make a ton of sense, mm. but she's just she's dynamite. Yeah. Um, my my come with guy is going to be Solly. Uh, first of all, he overcame tremendous anguish and trauma in his life. He just wants to enjoy a nice dinner and a ceremony without someone making fun of his glass eye. But he's willing to come with everywhere. He comes with to the dinner. There's going to be a dinner. And then there's going to be a ceremony. And Solly's Solly's in for all of it until they make fun of his glass eye and, and his uh, and his hand tremble. That's where he draws the line. But uh, Sally's my couple of guy. Who is your worst person? Worst person? I I, I had a close one here, but I'm gonna go with the rabbi because he's just like the whole 9/11 thing. He's just like such a schmuck, and <laughs> he's you know, I guess it's like in a way, it's like it's cool that he endorses uh, adultery. Yeah, but... why are you criticizing that part? But I mean, that's not, not adultery. It is adultery. No, it's, 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 oh, I guess it's not. Right. It's, I guess it's, it's adultery. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I, I was thinking technically adultery might mean just like sex, you know. 
from a strictly halachic perspective, perhaps. Voluntary yeah. sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is not his or her spouse. <laughs> but adultery means without the consent or knowledge of the other spouse, no? Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, I guess if, you know, back when there were laws against adultery, it probably oh, wouldn't I, matter. Yeah, we didn't right? care. Well, because we didn't care about women's uh, men's rights at all. Right. Well, meaning, yeah. right. If it was if it was right, if it was the woman who permitted the male, it would be fine. If the male yeah. then, then permitted the woman, him, she obviously. would probably still be stoned. Yes, for sure. Um, um, yeah. yeah. So so your worst person is the rabbi. Uh, for me, um, it, it has to be Colby. He gets into yeah. an argument with a Holocaust survivor, but who had it tougher? Yeah, but he's doing it mostly for laughs. Well, yes, because he's on the show Curb Enthusiasm, but yeah. in that room he's not. In that, yeah, room, no, he's, yeah, that's... in that room he's deeply upsetting a man who literally survived like the worst trauma that a person could possibly undergo. That's that's yeah. much worse than like like somebody trying to co-op nine eleven. Like Rudy, like the rabbi doesn't really Giuliani does, right? He's just trying to use nine eleven for his own like means and sympathy. Um, yeah. Would you rather spend four years in a concentration camp or in America with Donald Trump as president? <laughs> well. Um, we can be inspired by the survivors that they, they did survive. So they did survive. Well, some of them. Oh, actually, yeah, most of them. The survivors survived. I once had this with my mom where like my mom is both of her parents are Holocaust survivors. Mm. And, you know, she would like she was always, you know, would talk about how, you know, she was always felt so bad for her parents. That, you know, they had such horrible lives. And, you know, I would sometimes try to put a positive spin by saying, <laughs> well, you know, they, you know, at least they survived and they went on and they had, you know, children and grandchildren and they got to live a life, which is, you know, more than you can say for many people they grew up with. Mm. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like so many people survived, like all of my friends, their parents survived. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, because <laughs> they, they're your friends. The ones who died in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I had uh, I uh, those, are, those are some poor math skills. Yeah, I uh, I was I was thinking of making a little game for this uh, for this episode that never really panned out um, where I was going to make like a list of quotes and you would have to tell me whether you thought it was said by someone who is a Holocaust survivor oh, or great. on the show survivor. Yeah. Um, but I only came up with one. OK, um, the quote is um, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Oh, <laughs> it's either Ellie Wiesel or uh, like some one of the stupidest people to ever be on Survivor. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I don't know the answer. Well, the answer is trick question. It was said by Ellie Wiesel and it was yeah. also said by Elizabeth Beisel. Oh, so I Survivor. was right on both counts. Yes, it was a trick question. Oh, OK, <laughs> which one's Elizabeth Beisel again? Um, she was on 39. She was like involved. She was she was one of like the quote bad girls with Missy. Um, who like didn't believe Kelly with the no. uh, the sexual okay. so assault? I think my incident. answer was correct. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, she wasn't the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have Colby Donaldson from Survivor, obviously, in this episode. We have Gina Gershon, who plays, who does not play herself. One of the more famous guests to come on the show and not play herself, but she's, you know, she's clearly not number one. Yeah, uh, I mean, was category. she was she that famous at the time? Well. She has a very famous face. You see her and you're instantly like, oh, yeah, that's somebody I know. And the name Gina Gershon is pretty famous also. I mean, she's but she's nowhere near Ed Asner anyways. But well, let me ask Dr. Jen. Jen, do you know who Gina Gershon is? If you saw her face, would you instantly recognize her? What would you recognize her from? What has she been in? Yeah, she's she's somebody who's famous and you don't really know why she's famous. She's a movie star, a TV star. But what has she been on? I really have no idea. She's not in a like she was in a lot of stuff, but like so she was in uh, Rescue Me. Okay. Uh, she's been she was in Showgirls. She was in Face Off, The Insider. Okay, so she was um, in a lot of movies in like the early nineties. Really. She was, uh, you know, she was on Broadway for a while. She was in Pretty in Pink. 
you know, yeah. but like she, it's not like she was like a lead actress in like. Yeah. Oscar she almost seems like a person that. who could be on like Real Housewives of of, of uh, Beverly Hills now. Jen, thoughts on that? <laughs> Gina Gershon. Oh. No. Yeah, I mean, of, in terms of her career path, sort of, you know, a big actress, you know, twenty years ago, sort of a secondary actress in big movies, I should say. Anyway, yeah. All right, Av, is it time for us to uh, bring in the postman? Sure. Yeah. Uh, postman, uh, postman, uh, come uh, here. here Tell the neighborhood. Uh, if you haven't voted yet, do not put your uh, vote in the post. You have to take it in person. Uh, yeah. Unless you're voting for Trump, in which case, yes. <laughs> send it in the mail now. Yeah. Well, don't send it in the mail on Wednesday because there'll be less mail then. Wait till then. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want it to get stuck. Yeah. Um, Zach Brooks writes in, how is Jerry Seinfeld or how is Jerry Survivor? I don't get it. OK. Um, yeah. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he's oh. going for there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, villain of the week he says the rabbi I don't understand his obsession with the stain or why he's offended by let's roll fun episode four pretties out of five and then Olin Allen says greetings Americans hope you will all be survivors after this week don't worry nothing you face this week can be worse than not having a gym or no or no snacks also enjoying the podcast so much I'm happy to vow that I will continue to be a devoted fan until the day I die after death though who knows what listening material I will like mm. Fair. That's fair. So yeah, we don't we don't uh, we don't ask for eternity, but everyone should listen to this podcast until they die, which might be very soon. It might be. Yeah, as you Jerry says to Uncle Leo. Anyway, this was a really packed episode. So many pieces I remembered, but I didn't think we're in the same episode. Colby, the character, was an asshole, but I can't speak highly enough of the real-life Colby for the way he played it. Magnificent arguing with Alan Rich as Solly, which is an all-time highlight of the show. Would have loved the spinoff show of Solly and Larry's dad hanging out. Also, from your points of view as members of the tribe, is the rabbi exclaiming Jesus Christ in a moment of pain, good or bad? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, that, that didn't bother me. That would happen. Oh, it, just... oh I thought it, it would happen from the kind of rabbi who, you know, okays, uh, you know, sex out of marriage and stuff. I don't yeah, think the I, mean, I, rabbis... I, I say Jesus Christ. It's just an expression. Like, if you yeah, live in America. Yeah, Hav, you say Jesus Christ, but guess what? You're not a rabbi. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> Did you I'm forget not. that part? I'm not a rabbi. Yes. Yeah. I sometimes th- think that I'm a rabbi. Yes. Um, I mean, looks like he automatically jumps to taking the Christian culture's icon, which would be seen as betraying his role as a Jewish leader. But maybe he really is clever by taking another religion's Lord name in vain and not blaspheming his own God. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I see. Ooh, it's uh, that's, 4D, that's 4D, 4D chess, chess by yeah. the rabbi. Damn, we're on the same uh, wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We've always we've been spending too much time on Twitter. Yeah. Everything on Twitter is 4D chess. Yes. <laughs> um, he gives it 4.5 pretties out of five. So everyone a uh, big fan of this episode. Uh, come with Gal, he says Anna. Everyone agrees. While Renee may have been most beautiful woman so far, I think Anna is by far the sexiest. As a Gentile, she has whatever is the opposite of Elaine Venice's chicks appeal. Mm, Helping yeah. Larry with his present, giving him preferential cleaning treatment, although not always, and willing to be driven around even on Shabbat. Um, for the bill of the week, was all set to say set to say Kobe, but just as I was typing, well, it has to be the rabbi. Just being so unaware about what a rabbi saying a survivor would in, would indicate, claiming to be part of the victimhood of nine eleven and stealing curses from other religions. So he's with me. Although I, you know, they're they're both very good. I I was deciding between those two. So two very mm-hmm. good uh, villain choices this week. Yes. Uh, by the way, Gina Gershon is a member of the tribe. So your um, opposite of Shik's appeal is appropriate for her. Yeah, well done, Olin. Yeah. she's. Uh, it also says, I'm reading on her Wikipedia page, she's regarded as a gay icon. Oh, I did not for, realize she was gay. No, she's not gay. But, oh, so why is she a gay icon? Uh, for her role like in a... movies such as Bound, in which she plays oh, a butch she lesbian. In, she was in and, Cabaret. Yeah. I don't know um, if that has... In Showgirls, she plays a bisexual stripper. 
Oh, oh that's funny. I actually, and I remember this now. She, uh, she played Melania Trump on an episode of The Good Fight. Ah. Uh, um, the Good Fight is a funny show. She's a very attractive woman. This Gina Gershon. Yeah. Do you watch The Good Fight? No, probably. Right. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's like it's the uh, like sequel of The Good Wife. Okay. Which um it, like takes off uh, like after that show, and it's just like it's just like it basically every episode they just cover like different like Trump Twitter scandals, and, like go really deep on them. Okay. Oh. Um, so she played like Melania Trump in like this like episode where like they were representing a secret client who wanted to get a divorce, and it ended up being Melania Trump. So it really all comes back around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Next week, if there is a next week, fingers crossed. Yeah, opening night. Maybe it'll be opening night in America again. Maybe it'll be closing night. Yes. <laughs> um, I got to say that we've actually had a lot less of David Schwimmer and Katie Hoffman, speaking about Jews, uh, this season than I had remembered. But we'll definitely, be getting them, uh, we'll definitely be getting them next week as we wrap up season four with Larry and company headed to New York to debut the producers on Broadway. Uh, the real Broadway is not open, unfortunately. But although I heard that uh, if Biden wins, uh, there's going to come COVID's going completely away after tomorrow. COVID's yeah, away. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really clarified if it's if he wins or also if he loses. He's just kind of making it sound like it's going to go away tomorrow. Yeah, it's also it's weird. So I guess. But he also said, like, in the debates that, like, Joe Biden wants to close everything. So why would Joe Biden close everything if it's a hoax that's going to go away as soon as they get rid of Trump? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes Donald be, Trump says things that don't make. Yeah, sense. I know that, like, the rest of the world is desperately, like, praying that Trump loses. And I guess it's because they know, like, they just want the, this hoax to go away. And so they know, like, the whole thing's been planned, right, just to get back at Trump. So as soon as he's gone. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to end the hoax because it's, it's been very annoying. Like, whenever I t- talk to Trump supporters, I have to, like, oh, yeah, you know, I have to wear a mask. It's coronavirus. <laughs> and I'm like, my head, like, there's no coronavirus. These idiots. Like, why do they believe that there's coronavirus? It's like we obviously made it up just to make Trump look bad. All right. Well, I've, um, I know we're supposed to end this with some kind of way to, to end with the words pretty, pretty, pretty good. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's just let, let's hope to not. Tomorrow night is let's five hope, pretties yeah. out of five. You know what? I would even take three pretties out of five. Um, <laughs> you know, I would you know, if, I would take one if it was if, you know, if, you, if someone says to me, oh, so how was election? I say it was pretty good. I think I would take that because, you know, there's basically only two choices, which yeah. is pretty good and better or horrible. So, yeah, there's, there's extraordinarily um, horrible. And then there's anything else. I don't think. Yeah. Else. So, you know, if you haven't voted, go vote tomorrow. Um, Putting a lot of pressure on us to get this episode out quickly or, you know, vote today, vote yesterday. If you if it's then whatever yeah. it is, just vote. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this in a post uh, Trump world or a continuing Trump world, you know, I guess it is what it is. Mm. OK, bye bye. <laughs> Good night, all. Pretty, 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 pretty.